Moore, Kerfoot had it deflect away from him. Centered in front, Marner scores! Holy Mackinac, what a move! Mitch Marner opens the scoring with a spinorama in front of the net. Leafs Nation postgame, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me. Boy, Gord, this is a lot closer to the game. We've been saying we wanted to talk about the high-flying Leafs. They they looked much more that way tonight in a 4 nothing win at home over the Golden Knights. Uh, what were your big takeaways from tonight's win? Well, they dominated, and they dominated an incredibly weak team. Let's not kid ourselves, but that's what you have to do. And I think, you know, last year, Brent, there weren't a lot of hiccups during the course of the regular season, but one was, do you remember when they played the Vancouver Canuck team that was ravaged by COVID, and it was like That's the right. miracle miracle on 42nd Street Christmas uh, of special <laughs> that the Canucks won that game? And, you know, I kind of wonder, that was late in the regular season, if that, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm maybe thinking too much, but impacted later in the playoff collapse. But uh, the Leafs needed to get some traction. We said that after uh, the Chicago game coming back to win it. And, and they've done that with a couple of wins at home. And, uh, boy, this is a terrible Vegas Golden Knight team ravaged by injuries. But that's part of the game. The Leafs will go through it as well. And I like as well, Brent, like you did, uh, the big guns. You know, just a matter of time till they got on track. You see Dreisaitl and McDavid, 34 points combined in eight games. And you're kind of thinking, okay, Marner and Matthews, maybe not 34 points, but, you know, somewhere a little bit closer. So certainly, certainly tonight was uh, – that rarest of games so far this season. Not 34 points, but just something from number 34. How, how about that? You got a couple of somethings tonight. He gets the two goals in the second period. I mean, we, we should probably uh, talk about this Mitch Barter goal before we get too deep into the show. You know, the, the team dominated, and it was from the start with the, the Nylander, Matthews, and Bunting all getting cracks on the first shift of the game. But that Mitch Marner goal, you know, we were saying he either needed one to go in off his butt or he needed a goal like that, and he's kind of had both in the last two games. He had the bit of a lucky break in the last game out and then that that goal tonight that is just kind of vintage Marner you know we think of him as more of a setup man because of course he is but just the the stopping thinking and just letting your mind and instincts and hockey sense take over that that's what that goal said to me yeah you know Mitch Marner is a big point muncher big on first assists we all know that but uh, most of his goals uh, aren't the garbage uh, lucky variety like he had on Saturday and this was this was more like it. And and the other, you know, Austin Matthews scored twice, Brent, but the first shift of the game, he almost got a goal then. Like, it just was kind of like, okay, you know what? This is kind of like men against boys if you're looking at it talent-wise. But uh, if you don't go exert your talent because, you know, Vegas will play a good team game, then what does it matter? It's almost like his first shift, he just said, you don't have Stone, you don't have Pacioretty, we got all guns a-blazing, and him, then Matthews, then, then excuse me, then Marner, then Nylander, uh, and, and on and on, and so it went. It was one, you could really sit back, and uh, I mean, the crowd was really pumped, as it would, those are kind of fun games if you're a Leaf fan down there, but you could sit back and relax for a change, and I know near the end, you kind of said, okay, let's not make it a Detroit Red Wing type end, let's not make it interesting, and, uh, and, they, and Brent, they didn't make it interesting. No, they, they didn't. And there were there were a couple of those moments during the game where you wonder, you know, is this going to get away? Is this going to become more of a contest? You know, I was sitting there at the end, at the end of the or in the middle of the second period going, no, no, not the 2-1 goal, not the 2-1 goal. This game has been so, you know, 
plainly in your favor. You've you've dominated the game. You you deserve more than to have a one goal lead at any point in time. And and the fact that they were able to not well still getting their offense going, well still rolling in that regard, they managed to to not cheat to to get their offense going. Yeah, there were some stretch passes, but that that's going to happen for every team in the league. But they still managed to have you know pretty solid defensive structure. You know we we mentioned how banged up that that Vegas team is tonight, and you know they are like the fact that you know we heard Jake Lecision's name so often tonight, and and the Peyton Krebs of the world. I know that's a good young player they like, but one guy who definitely performed well despite the four nothing final score was was Robin Lehner because I mean just go to that first shift. It could have been three nothing uh, before the first shift was over, let alone the four nothing final that they had tonight. I mean he definitely made it a much more you know close game than it should have been. Well, you know, on Saturday, you're the guy that told me about Mike Amadio being claimed because, you know, first of all, we're down at the game and I'm scouting out the concession stands where to spend my $25 (laughs) voucher before the game. So you got me up to speed and I'm thinking like, okay, well, you know, who claimed them? And then you go Vegas because I'm thinking that after I'm thinking that day I heard about the San Jose Sharks plight with all those guys in COVID protocol for their game against Winnipeg. And then you kind of go, oh, yeah. And then Carlson got added after that, that, wow. You know, those those injuries have just accumulated, accumulated, accumulated. So so much so they had to make a, a waiver wire pickup. And when I say out of desperation, that's not a shot at, at the young man. It's just that, you know, you, you need anybody to plug a hole playing center every now and then. That's what happens. And uh, that can be an opportunity to seize, unfortunately. As you see, it's not a very good Vegas team right now to try to try to be able to get that opportunity to seize it. No, not at all. And it probably tells you everything about that Vegas team that, you know, Michael Amadio, I'm just looking at his at his stat line here. He finished with over 15 minutes of ice and he got a minute of power play time in that. So the fact that you go from waiver claim to getting a look on the power play. Now, part of that part of that is obviously how banged up the team is and everything. But the fact that that, you know, a guy off waivers ends up on on a power play unit that quickly, it just shows exactly how depleted that team is. But I think, you know, not not to give them too much credit for taking care of business like they should against the depleted team, but this could have easily been a trap game. Okay, you've got Tampa and Boston coming up. You're just one, two in a row. You can you can see a world where this team takes their foot off the gas, and I'm not I'm not giving them too much credit for not doing that, but I think the, the fact of the matter is, like, they can only take care of business against who's in front of them, and if there was ever a, a set of games that you needed to have Austin Matthews feeling good about heading into, it, it's against Boston, against Tampa, so it, it was just, it, it feels like I don't want to give them, like you said, you don't want to overstate what they did tonight, but at the other end of it, you know, you don't want to understate it either. Well, you're the more talented team, okay? So if you're the more talented team, it's up to you to be able to exert that talent and don't get caught in systems and that. I don't know how many teams you can consider them the more talented team. Certainly, I would think two-thirds anyway in the NHL, and maybe some they're close to, and maybe some they, uh, well, there's a few they fall short of. But yeah, to your point, Brent, yeah, you know, um, when Vegas is healthy, it's a little bit, it's more debatable who's the more talented team. But go out and let that talent be the story. And that's exactly what they did. And it's funny, the Montreal Canadiens who eliminated Vegas last year, one of the big upsets in the playoffs. I mean, that's what they were able to do. You know, use a system that uh, that the more talented team was not able to break. You know, not getting close to Carey Price and all these types of things. And, and certainly the Leafs, like, I, I love that first shift. I just thought Austin Matthews just had that look like, okay, I'm back. 
Mitch Marner's back. Nylander never really left and, you know, just sat back, kind of smiled, watched it. And this this is the team. Hey, the playoffs are the playoffs. They're down the road. We, we revisit it every time on Leafs Nation postgame because it's a necessity. But for the interim, let's let's enjoy some let's enjoy some exciting close 82 games as well. You know, come down to a goal maybe in the final 30 seconds. But if you want to call it a laugher or whatever you want to term it, that's okay as long as you're on the right side. So a couple a couple other things that jumped out to me tonight, and they're both things we've harped on a ton about this team, both this season and anybody who's talked about this team for the last, uh, well, at least last half of last year. They managed to start not only the game on time, but every single period. You know, Nylander had the early goal in the third. We've, we've mentioned now that, that Matthews and, and uh, Bunting and Nylander all had the great chances on the first shift of the game. They got off to a tremendous start in the second period as well. And okay, again, part of it is the opponent that's there. You should be taking the game to them, but it, it, but this has been a team that hasn't been able to start on time no matter who they've been playing. So I think the fact that not only are you able to do that, but you don't have that lull in the second period. You don't have that lull in the third period. I think that's one of the more encouraging things for me tonight as well. Yeah, you know, that's been killing them too, Brent. You know, we think about, you know, when, say, they were behind or something and the period starts, the second period, and all of a sudden, 20 seconds later, the other team scores. And to me, one of the worst ones still was that a third Ottawa goal in the first period with less than one second left when the Leafs, you know, just uh, uh, overhandled the puck and didn't really need to try to clear it out and, you know, gave the Senators a chance to get that goal. And so they've been, they've been getting killed in the early and late goal. Saturday against Detroit, we kidded about it. We said, don't go to the concession or beer stand early because the Leafs had uh, at least in that night scored a couple times late in the period and, and same with. And goals are goals. They're all good, but there's something about the first minute and the last minute that they give you an extra kick, as Chuck Swirsky would say, in the onions. Yeah, it's, it, it is weird that those early goals or late goals in periods, they almost feel like they're worth two, sometimes three. The other thing I wanted to talk about, of course, starting on time, the other thing is the power play. And, you know, you'll take power play goals however you can get them for this team. You've seen the second unit be somewhat productive there. Hey, Pierre Engvall, Jason Spezza, good on you. But this team is really clicking at its best, and the power play is going to be at its most dangerous when it looked like it did tonight. And you have William Nylander finding Matthews on, on that beautiful seam pass. You know, again, it's just, it feels like no matter what box you were looking to check tonight, including the power play, this team gave it to you tonight. Yeah, baby steps, baby steps. That's how you get better. And that was uh, been a couple of baby steps the last game. Last time it was the number two power play. And, you know, we said after that, you know, it, it's great that the second power play is getting a bit more time and deservedly so because actually against Detroit, you know, they handled it way better. But, you know, the guys have to be the guys. Your, st- your stars have to be your stars, okay? So about trying to give the number two power play, make them the number one, number one power play, no. No, you're, you're big guns, man. They got to do it in, in uh, five on five, and they got to do it in the power play. So I will call that a baby step tonight, but those are the kind of things you have to do to get back on track. Yeah, they 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 have to, and you that I th- again. It's it goes back to what we said following the Chicago game. It goes back to what we said last time out. This team has to find a way in that five four win against the Wings. This team has to find a way to build momentum for a group that thinks of themselves as highly as this group should think of themselves. It's not winning. 
two or three in a row and then losing a couple in a row. It's winning five of six. It's winning six of eight. It's those types of streaks, and it's not easy given what's ahead of you. You got Tampa Thursday. You got Boston Saturday. Both of them at home, mind you, but it's just this is the thing. You have to find a way to build on this. And, and again, looking at the game tonight, you know, normally there's at least one or two players I can kind of pick on and say didn't really like their game. I don't know how many of those guys I, I have tonight, and it's just when you – it's one thing when the team is feeling – good and of course this group is feeling good right now but the fact that pretty much every single guy is feeling like they're contributing and giving something individually it just seems like if there was ever a time for this team to kind of really start the season it was now yeah and let's 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 qualify it as well Brett you objectively look except for Michael Bunting that's the only guy that you will never single out having a tough night yeah there's always one or two but but (laughs) but that you know that's one of those when everything goes well and you know, no, nobody. Yeah, it's kind of fun, you know. They, they, like it's been. There's been some hard nights. There's been some nights where criticism, some tough nights where criticism was uh, warranted. And just to kind of, if you're in the game, you know, okay, this is one. Just don't, don't, don't have any mental mistakes, and everybody's going to be fine tonight. And and you're right. So you, when you're, you know, you're sitting after the game and grading everybody, you don't really have that one person with a minus three or whatever it may be, or stands out with two giveaways. No, that that wasn't the case. A uh, couple couple other things on on the forwards that I wanted to touch on just quickly before we get to the D. Uh, Andre Kasha, I don't know that he's gone a single game yet as a Leaf without having at least one hit that makes me worry if he's going to get up. He took the really nasty one in the first period uh, by by uh, it was right by the Vegas bench, and I was shocked to see him pop up. And you know, it's just everything you heard about the player. You look at his you look at his hockey DB page heading into the year. It's you know there has not been a lot of of full seasons there's not been a lot of half seasons for this player and man it just seems like every single game there is the the kind of close call with him and I think tonight's hit uh, close to that Vegas bench might have been the scariest one yet yeah you know Kasha and Peter Morazek you know come with uh, that unfortunate reputation it's not like guys want to get hurt okay all the time but 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 they have that and quite often that is something that does follow you around but uh certainly buntings fit in the best uh Kasha you articulated quite well Nick Ritchie still trying to find his way and you know, the other, uh, uh, if you look at Alex Kerfoot, uh, you know, his role and, and you know, his his grasping a bigger role. It's funny talking to Don Moore, former Maple Leaf, form, former everybody, actually. He played for about That's 10 right. teams, <laughs> but he's uh, ambassador for Hockey Fights Cancer Month in November. Uh, a lot of it to his, uh, his, his first wife's charity, but he's looking forward to the Smash Fest coming back, which is all uh, uh, NHL players playing table tennis. And Patrick Eves had been the four-time champion, but Kerfoot now reigns supreme. So this year without COVID, they may have some more contenders out there for it. But apparently, not only is he getting a more prominent role with the Leafs, but Don Moore says he's the, he's a, he's the best NHL table tennis player uh, that we know right now. And let's hope he has little time. No, actually, let's hope he has more time. Like JP, like 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 John, like JP Pajot did. You go deep in the playoffs, and you get to have that fun thing like he did in the bubble with the New York Islanders that Kerfoot can replicate that oh that's that's all you that's all they have time to do is sit in the room and, and play table tennis against each other I'm, I'm really happy you gave it a little plug for there smash fest is one of just the great events in the city you know i know they've done it other places uh sometimes been down at the steam whistle brewery there like it's just there have been so many it, it's just such a wonderful wonderful charity event and you know you bring up kerfoot's job on this team i think he's kind of found one right now i've been adamant i think this is a player who's going to filter up and down that that left hand side maybe pops over to the right occasionally 
occasionally. I think you'll probably see him for a spell with Camp and Kasha at some point again if Engvall isn't working. But the way it's going right now with Marner and Tavares, it definitely seems like he's found a home. And another thing that I think surprises some people about him is, you know, he, I'm just, again, looking at the ice time tonight, he led all forwards in shorthanded ice time. He had 314, only Riley and Muzzin, you know, had more time. That's more That's more time shorthanded than Kampf. That's more than Kasha. And that, that surprises me just looking at it because this is a guy who, you know, he was brought over here as a center and then, okay, he's now actually more of a wing. But if he's going to be someone who can be, prove to be a relatively effective second line winger and he can kill the majority of your forward penalty killing minutes, all of a sudden the three and a half million dollar contract uh, doesn't seem so bad. Yeah, and Brent, something you have to look at. I think, you know, two years ago, um, Tyson Berry stands out that just as we talked about tonight that uh, you're in a good flow, so there's nobody really you can you can pick out in a negative style. Well, two years ago, as we know, they never got going. And it started with Jason Spezza being disrespected. Tyson Berry, so many things were expected of him and it never got going. Mike Babcock got replaced. And, you know, in all fairness, the other guy that came over in that trade from Colorado was Kerfoot. And he was looked at, okay, Nazem Kadri gave you a primo number three center, like as good a number three center as you can have. And Kerfoot was going to do that a little bit a little bit less money than Naz and again just never really been able to find his role and all of a sudden the chance to seize a bigger role and again it's just you know short body of work right now uh that right now he seized it and I like because I, I liked him as a player I really liked him as a player smart guy very personable guy but I, I just really liked him as a player and thought there's always more you can get out of him and this last few games is a little bit more of what I what I thought not necessarily being on like a, a top, the top line but just more what you could get out of him as an individual. No, I think I think that's well said, and I think I think he's somebody too who, and you know this this can sound like a slight, but when you're playing in the NHL, it's not a slight to have guys better with you. You know the the lower down on the pecking order on a line he is, the more effective he is as a player. If he is the center who's expected to drive play and really carry things offensively, that's not so much his game. But if he can be a cog and help you out in transition and win the odd puck battle, that that's just a much more kind of comfortable home for him than, okay, go drive this this third scoring or or shut down line. Um, did, you, did you have anything else on the forwards before we switch to the D? Because, uh, you know, Justin Hall out a second game, Travis Dermott missed some time tonight. Anything else on the forwards from you Gord uh no just really you know and, and stayed healthy as well because you saw with Vegas when all of a sudden you get in a run that way I mean that's what you quite often the worst part about these kind of games is you know you get a nice you get a nice fun winning game and then with six minutes left oh my god something happens and some players out for a few but no uh I think uh, I think I am done I think all I think all accounted for Brent Okay, okay. Uh, and, well, I'll just I'll mention it. You did, but I want to get my chance to say it. Michael Bunting, plus one. Great assist. Great stretch pass on the William Nylander goal. <laughs> He's played uh, well. It, it, He's played well. He has. He has. Uh, yes, I'm happy when you say it because it doesn't sound uh, like homeristic, homeristic as it does uh, for me. Looking at the blue line tonight, the pairs got kind of screwed up in the second period. Travis Dermott, I guess he got hit by a hit by a puck. Uh, I know, crazy thing to happen in, in the NHL. Uh, he had to miss pretty much all of the second period. He just had one shift. So I don't know how much you can read into the ice time, the pair deployment, also the fact that it was a 4 nothing win, that that makes things a little easier. But, you know, I guess the big question coming out of it for the blue line is this is back-to-back games that Justin Hall is sat. This is back-to-back wins. What do you do? Yeah, and first of all, you mentioned the pairs got screwed up. Well, I'd argue the pairs were screwed up for a while when they were together, how Sheldon <laughs> Keefe had anticipated it. That's right. uh, and so thus, he had to do a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of house cleaning that way. I can... 
Uh, again, you'll have to wait and you know, I know Dermot came back, but you never know after the fact that, you know, maybe it gives him an excuse to make a change. Uh, I've never been, I know people subscribe to like, if it, if it's, if it's not broke, don't try to fix it, stay that way. But I, I, I do like to, you know, keep guys in the flow, move them, move them in and out. So uh, I, I could see Justin Hall back next game or if he's not, no problem. I mean, there, there's, uh, as as uh, as I mentioned, they're going to need all def- defensemen hands on deck at some point, and and hopefully this ends up being a this ends up being a positive. I mean, you got Cole Caulfield being sent to the American Hockey League by the Montreal Canadiens. You know, stuff just happens early in the season that you know players just uh, uh, who en- you anticipate are going to find it smooth sailing and pick up where they left off. It just doesn't for some reason, and this might just be what Justin Hall needs. Yeah, the, the Caulfield thing was definitely a shock to me not to walk too far down that road. But yeah, I mean, this is a guy who a lot of people had penciled in for their, you know, rookie of the year winner. This was a guy who people thought could potentially get 30. And yeah, not to say any of those things can't happen, but uh, I don't think a trip to Laval was what anybody uh, had in mind there. You know, I guess the, the question is, and, and you kind of touched on it there, it's just how important is keeping the best version of this team on the ice going right now? Because it's important to get on a run and, you know, not that, not that a hard-fought loss to Tampa on Thursday night is going to send this team spiraling again, but you want to put your best foot forward. But I think we all know you're going to need Justin Hall at some point this year, just like you're going to need Dermot and Lilligren and whoever else you kind of consider on that bubble. So that's a, that it's just such a kind of tricky dance for Keith to figure out is how do, you, how do you battle putting out what you deem to be your best six versus keeping everyone engaged and improving as the season goes on. Well, I'm big on, you know, keeping everyone um, active if you have them, not what Justin Hall went be- went through before or Frankie Corrado went through before. So, you know, I, I just think that if, if, you, if you don't have confidence playing them, don't have them here. Uh, that, you know, if Justin Hall is going to make that much of a difference on Thursday, that by him coming in, if that's how you feel, then you probably shouldn't have them up in the NHL. And I know that's not how they feel. So, like I said, cool either way. It's, you know, we're, we're you know, it, it, when you're winning, we get down to like, like talking about, you know, probably too much the 12th, 13th, 14th forward, the 6th, 7th, 8th defenseman, you know, but that's part of the minutia that way because it means we're not talking about, about the big guns not producing. So um, that's a sign of a, a, a team that's playing well. Well, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how how high on the pecking order he is among the big guns, but uh, it'd be it'd be a little rude of us not to at least mention Jack Campbell tonight gets the first lead shutout uh, of the season, doing so in in the four nothing final. I mean, not a spectacular game from him, but anytime you get a shutout, uh, it's pretty much an A plus performance as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, very nice to see him bounce back after yeah. uh, getting the last game off. Well, I'll tell you something. You know, I, I mentioned that 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 concession voucher. Hearing the chant "soupy," I could use a warm <laughs> bowl of soup somewhere. I'm telling you, the way it was today. So Thursday, when we're down at Scotiabank Arena for the Tampa Bay game, uh, I like it. I like that the fans are. You know, they would chant "Freddy." Uh, you know, which is okay. Lacks originality. Soupy's kind of fun, <laughs> and um, and it, it, and because he's played pretty well. It sort of helps take the focus off the fact that so many guys were underachieving up to the last couple of games. And, you know, man, I, um, you know, Jonathan Bernier, Vesta Toscala, who else am I missing? I'm missing one other one. Um, oh, Andrew Raycroft. You know, these guys came over in, in, in big trades, big trades to be the number one Toronto Maple Leaf goaltender, right? That's what they came over to be. And none of them succeeded, all three of them. And here this guy came to be your backup, Jack Campbell, in kind of a nondescript trade. And, uh, and you look what he's done. And again, 
when we can start revisiting last season, the regular season, and move on from the playoffs, I don't know whether that will be this lifetime or not, but his stats are off the charts. His stats are like Johnny Bauer in the 1960s. It's crazy. It's crazy how well he played, and he and he's doing it again. And, you know, when Peter Morasek got hurt, you go, oh, my goodness, now you're down to one goaltender. Um, can he do it when he doesn't have someone, you know, a crutch back? No, whatever it is, good on this guy. He, he has just got his mojo together the last couple of years. And another excellent game and goal tonight for uh, Soupy Campbell. Now, now, Gord, you you know a lot about the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that's why you're the co-host of this program. But I dare say your concession knowledge at Scotiabank Arena trumps what you uh, what you know about the Leafs, because you uh, you do not lack for knowledge there. You have you have definitely uh, scouted out uh, the premises. And I guess my last question for you before we hear from Sheldon Keefe is. What do they chant for Mrazic? Because, I mean, this is a crowd that has always loved to chant at their goalies, and not that anyone is running Jack Campbell out of the crease. But, I mean, again, I think in a perfect world for this season, you got two hot goalies going at any given time. Is it PD? Because I don't think you can chant Mrazic. And so yeah, uh, that's, that's the true. thing I'm dying to see. What do you chant when Mrazic gets hot? Yeah, and, and by the way, concession-wise, at Old Maple Leaf Gardens, never buy a hot dog in the first period because it's left over from the last game, by the way, just so you See? know. See, that's why know, you're the uh, best. Yeah, a little tips like that. Yeah, what do they chant for Morazic? You know, because, you know, he's a feisty guy, right? He's 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 got he's like Campbell. They both have some emotion in that. Um, I just hope they're not chanting, boo, okay? okay. That's the one we're <laughs> really hoping. And so far, so good. So we'll we'll work on a positive dictate. They didn't exactly start chanting soupy right away. You got to... You got to kind of earn their love and loyalty before you get the chant. Oh, and he really earned it, stealing it from from another guy on the team. Ilya Mikheyev was going by Soupy, and he said, sorry, buddy, I'm a Campbell. I play hockey. You know the rules here. Uh, Gord, fun, fun show tonight. As you mentioned, we'll be back down at the rink on Thursday. You can listen to the Leafs and Lightning right here on Sportsnet 590, the fan, of course, the Leafs radio network. Before we scoot tonight, let's hear from Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. Sheldon, does that feel more like what you want out of your team? Yeah, I thought right from the start, you know, we took control of the game. You know, I thought we maintained that all the way through. We were good on special teams, good goaltending. So, yeah, it's certainly more indicative, you know, of what we think we're capable of. Um, you know, that that's a shorthanded team playing over there. But as we as we all know, we've played against shorthanded teams, you know, before, and, and it hasn't gone like this here today. So I thought we did what we needed to do here tonight in terms of, you know, taking control of the game and maintaining it. You talked a little bit about the big guns need to be the big guns tonight. It all seemed to come together in the perfect storm when you see how many points your top four or five guys got. Yeah, for sure. I thought it was evident early in the game, you know, for Matthews and Nylander and, and Bunting that line. I thought they had a little uh, extra jump in their step right from the very beginning. Uh, and the Tavares line, I thought, has continued. You know, their momentum, they scored us a huge goal again here tonight to get us moving. Uh, but I, I thought all four lines tonight, uh, six defensemen, and obviously uh, Jack and Nat was perfect. So a lot of really good things to, to feel good about here today. But we'll uh, turn the page tomorrow when we get to practice and get ready for Tampa. How would you describe the Mitch Marner show that you've seen in the last couple of games compared to the three or four games earlier on in the game? He just looks like himself. You know, that's, that's the Mitch that we, we know. And love, of course. You know he's um, he's playing with confidence. Uh, he looks like he's 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 free out there, and uh, when he's free and and the game is just flowing for him, 
he makes great things happen on both sides of the puck. So, you know, that's three games in a row now. He's been terrific. So, the, the play, the, the, on the Marner's first goal, John Tavares did some really, really impressive work behind the net along the wall. And I'm, I'm wondering if that's kind of indicative of sort of his evolution as a player, kind of, you know, more willing to be a secondary guy and do that kind of work and, and you know, for the good of the team. Uh, I think perhaps it is, but I think it's also perhaps uh, underrated part of his game. Like John Tavares has always been an elite player along the walls, and 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 his his work ethic, and he's got a really strong stick. Um, I, I you know in his time prior to coming to Toronto, you know I I didn't spend a lot of time really watching his game, but from the very first time I was ever you know, in camp when I was with the Marlies and watching John Tavares in his very first day as a Leaf in, in camp and through that training camp and through preseason, uh, I couldn't believe how hard this guy was on the puck. Um, so that, that's, that is a, that's a skill, you know, and that, that is part of the package that is John Tavares. So uh, I think, to, you know, I know where you're going with your question, but I do, I do think that's always been a part of his, a part of his game. But, you know, maybe, you know, at this stage here, maybe he recognizes it even more. He digs in a little bit more, and, he, and there's a little more focus on it. Us as a team, the pressure we want to put on the puck and the way we want to forecheck, that's all part of it, what we're asking our guys to do, and, and it puts John in those situations a little bit more. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, he's as good as anybody when he gets in those corners. He's really tough to move off the puck. He's really strong hands and stick. Uh, so he comes up with a lot of them and, and makes plays out of there. Uh, Travis, okay, obviously you came back, but you got the second period to get checked out again. Yeah, he blocked a shot there. I guess he, you know, he felt uncomfortable coming back for the second. They went for a picture. I, I haven't heard a word since, but he came back to the bench, so uh, I would imagine the picture, you know, was negative um, in terms of fractures or anything like that, and seemed like he was okay the rest of the game. You know, in terms of where it goes from here, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. But positive that he finished the game, of course. Yeah, it's really good. You know what? Uh, we, we talked a lot about the, the the forwards and their need to score and break out and feel good. I think that's part of it for goalies too. I mean, goalies like a nice clean sheet and want to get the job done that way. Um, you know, I thought that you know he didn't get tested a lot here tonight, but when he did, you know, so there was some stuff happening in tight around the net. He was solid there. Uh, guys played hard for him through the third period, weren't perfect. We got a little bit careless with the puck at times. Um, but, yeah, it's a good night for him. I'm sure it helps his confidence. That, not that I feel like he's needed that because, as I said, I think he's been in a nice groove here. But, as I'm saying, just like the forwards want to score and get, the, you know, get their stats rolling up a little bit, I think that, that helps a goalie. There is the Leafs bench boss following the 4-0 win over the Vegas Golden Knights, the first shutout of the season. As I mentioned, we'll be back on Thursday night down at the arena for the Leafs and Lightning. Thanks for listening to Leafs Nation postgame. For Gord Stellick, I'm Brent Gunning.